And this morning we come to the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. And I would guess for many of you it is a story that you know. It's, it's kind of a lengthy story and it's a lengthy chapter. Uh, but it's a story that the scripture gives uh, some space to that we would understand what it is that God wants us to learn from this. And so in just a minute I'm going to read this story. Uh, hopefully without commentary. Just read it. But I want you to be listening for the key concepts uh, in the story. And one of those is going to be love. So I want you just as we read it, I want you to be listening for love. Another key word is going to be the word believe. Be listening for that. Uh, death. And quite honestly, what death really means. Listen for that in the story. Not so much a word, but a concept. I want you to see the timing, God's timing in the midst of this story. Um, one of the things that struck me about the story is that uh, Mary and Martha invite Jesus into their circumstances of their brother's death, Lazarus. The thing that struck me about the story, and it, it leads to what I want to talk about today, is that when Jesus goes to make his bereavement visit to the family that has lost the loved one, even though it's day four, he does not go to the house where they're gathered. He goes to the tomb where the dead man is. And it's, it's that point in the story I want, you, I want us to think about today. I want us to think about the people that were gathered there. At the end of the story, picture in your mind that, that tomb, which would have been outside of Bethany. It would have been uh, a cave of some sort cut into the rock. There would have been a stone rolled over that tomb. Four days previous, they would have buried their loved one. But when Jesus came to town and not even into town, he comes to the place of the tomb. And there's people that are gathered there. And it's those people that I want us to look at today and to think about how did they get there and what was it that God was wanting to do in their lives. Now, for us, the place of the tomb through our lives will be a place where we will also go and we will bury our loved ones. Uh, someday we will be the Lazarus in the story. We will not be there for anyone else, but it will be our day that we will find ourselves buried. Uh, the point of the story is this. I've thought about this. The point of the story of Lazarus is that Jesus doesn't simply do the impossible. Jesus does the most impossible. I don't even know if that's actually a category. <laughs> but that's what really struck me about the story. It's not just, the story is proving that Jesus doesn't just do the impossible. He does the most impossible. The thing that we would say, no, there's, there's no way. 
that can happen. And the point of the story is that Jesus overcomes death. Jesus overcomes death. In John chapter 11, uh, starting in verse 1, and we're going to read most of the verses. Without commentary, you're listening for the words, love, believe, death, and Jesus' timing. It says in John 11, 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Skip down to verse 11. These things he said... And after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Pick up in verse 17. And when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Actually, the key verse is going to be verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her 
When they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out following her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who were with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, He cried out with a loud voice, and Daryl Smith would like to do that in dramatic fashion, but I will refrain myself this morning. Lazarus, come forth. What a great line. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him Go. I want you to see the scene at the end of the story of them gathered around the tomb. And I want us to think about this morning the people that are gathered there and what it was that brought them there and what it was that God wanted to teach them in that experience. Now, the first person I want to look at is Lazarus. Now, he's not gathered around the tomb, he's in the tomb. The story tells us that Lazarus had been sick. But he had died. They had buried him, uh, and he had been dead four days. There's three different times that I I see in the Scripture, in verse 3, verse 5, and verse 36, that it says that Jesus loved him. So I want you to get this idea that Lazarus is in the tomb, Jesus is there, and the Scripture makes it very clear that Jesus loved him. The tomb was outside the city. Because that's where you take the dead people. You don't bury them inside the city. You take them outside the city of Bethany. Um, Lazarus in our sermon series falls in the category of challenging circumstances. (laughs) We've talked about the things that people overcome, whether it's their past failures, whether it's their character flaws, or we've talked about a challenging circumstance. Let me just say, at the top of the list of challenging circumstances is being dead. I I just, I don't know what's going to top that. It's like, no, he was, Lazarus, yes, is in the story. He's at the tomb, but he is dead. 
And as I said earlier in the sermon, this is true for all of us. Our lifetimes, we will gather around the tombs of our loved one, but someday we will be there. All of us will face death. That is a reality because from the very beginning of time, if you look at Genesis 2.17, it was sin that brought death. Uh, God said to Adam, this is before Eve came on the scene, he said, you can eat of any of the trees except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said, the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. All of us are sinners. Which the scripture says, we made the choice that Adam and Eve also made. And sin brought death. Before there was sin, there was no death. But once sin came, in Genesis chapter 3, death comes to our world and so in our human experiences experience all of us will face death someday it will be us that will be laid to rest in that tomb now to me the story uh, in John 11 when we really begin to dive into it is not primarily about Lazarus in fact I got to thinking about this if you were casting this uh, group of actors to play out this uh, Lazarus is not a leading man there's no reason you know you look at the script and you say okay Lazarus what do you, okay you're gonna play the part what do you need to do well you need to be able to lay there and look sick and then you need to lay there and look dead you have no lines the only acting we need you to do is when Jesus calls you forth just shuffle your feet wrapped up in the grave clothes. Okay, so this does not take a great actor. Uh, I don't think the story is primarily about Lazarus. But the story of Lazarus is a story of Lazarus being an overcomer. Uh, we only hear the earth side of the story someday when we get to glory we will hear the heaven side of the story of what happened in the midst of those four days from Lazarus own mouth but the scripture does not relate that to us we don't really know Lazarus side of the story he has no lines we don't know we don't know anything someday we'll hear the heaven side of that story but today all we have is the earth side of the story and quite honestly for Lazarus it's pretty limited also at the tomb that day were Lazarus' loved ones, specifically the, those closest to him, his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Um, I don't know that it, it says this, but Mary and Martha loved their brother. And so what brought them to the tomb that day and the four days previous were the fact that they loved their brother Lazarus. Now at the end of the story when they're standing there with Jesus, um, I think there were some things in their mind. And actually, we can conjecture what those were because of the words that they say. Both Martha in verse 21 and Mary in verse 32 say to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
I want you to think about what is behind that statement. I think there's a little bit, quite honestly, they had to wonder why Jesus waited. Now, I, I don't want to get into the timing of all of that. I think it's probably even when the messenger comes to Jesus that Lazarus dies because it's four days by the time. The scripture says that Jesus waited two more days. So the messenger is sent to Jesus, gives him the message, Lazarus is sick. That messenger gets back home and the implication is Jesus will be right here. No, he wasn't. He was two days. They have a funeral. They lay him in the tomb. He's been dead for four days. In their minds as they stood there that day at that tomb, they had to wonder, does Jesus really love me? Why? Why didn't he do something about this? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But there is something else behind that statement. There is a presupposition that we have learned from our life experience that death is final. People don't come back from the other side. Now, in my mind, from the heaven side, people also just don't, they don't get to come back here either. <laughs> I'm thinking the other side of this story. But I think the presupposition in Mary and Martha's minds, when they said, when he was sick, you could have healed him. But Lord, once he's dead, he's dead. And nobody comes back from the dead. No, death is final. Jesus, you got here too late. You see, life experience teaches us is that people die and they stay dead. But as they stood there at, the at that tomb that day, the challenge of Jesus was to believe. All of life tells you that people don't come back from the dead. Jesus says it... Um, well, he says it in verse 25, which is our key verse. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet he will live. He says it again in verse 27. He says it again to the sisters in verse 20. Did I not say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Jesus asked them to believe that day. Believe that he is the resurrection and the life. There is great significance to the tense that Jesus says when he answers Martha's question about the resurrection. He does not say, I will be the resurrection and the life. He says that I am. Now there's, there's other connotations to that in the Hebrew language and in their culture and in their day that they live. We don't have time for that today. Jesus said, if you will, I am here and really what I believe he's saying is, I will, in the moment, in the now, it's not something that you have to look forward to someday, but now, I am the resurrection 
life. And I think part of what he meant was, I will take the sting of death. And he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. I mean, we've already read that. No, he's going to raise him. And the sting of death that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. And so he says, in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Then he says in verse 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I thought about the sting of death. The sting of death. That's what those sisters experienced that day. And when Jesus raises Lazarus, that day, not someday, that day he raises him from the dead, Jesus takes the sting of death. But there was something greater. There's a reason I said to you this story is not really about Lazarus because there is something greater than Lazarus being raised from the dead. The other people at the tomb were the Jews that were gathered there that day and had been there for several days. They were friends. They loved Lazarus. That's what brought them there. They loved Mary and Martha. They came for support. But they also have this same presupposition that it was too late. In verse 37, they said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? The presupposition is once you're dead, you're dead. It's over. It's too late, Jesus. And I think for them, as they loved Lazarus and Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus also that day, in the present time, took the sting of death because he raised Lazarus from the dead. But there was something greater that day, that day that God did then simply take away the sting of death. You can come to the disciples because this is John's account. John is there. I think John writes that line about that Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Because John, he said, man, I'll never forget that. No, it was like, I mean, it, I'm an, he's an old man probably in his 90s. He's going, no, I, 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 was, I was 17 years of age. I, I, I know I remember standing there and Jesus with this, it's like, man, you got a lot of guts, dude. There's like a stone. There's a dead man four days and you're yelling at him. No, it was. The disciples were there. And Jesus has the same challenge to them that they would believe in verse 15. Jesus said, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. And yes, in some sense, maybe the disciples loved Lazarus because, and they loved Mary and Martha because they would stay at their house. They were friends, and so they loved them. And so, yes, you could say that Jesus took away that day when he raised Lazarus from the dead, the sting of death. But there was something greater than that that day. I told you earlier that Jesus does the impossible. Well, I said it's not just that Jesus does the impossible. Jesus does the most impossible. Jesus overcomes death. The other person there that day standing outside the tomb, we saved the best for last, was Jesus. Everybody else is standing around, it's too late. Dead is dead. 
We can also see that Jesus loved them. We see that in the story. We see that Jesus is present. He was there. They invited him into their circumstance. Jesus came. He was present. In fact, I believe it, it's, it stated that. I'm sorry, I got a little loud. I'm going I'm to tone it down. Um, when he says in verse 25, I am. Jesus wasn't just talking about to them what he was going to do someday. He said, no, let's talk about today. Jesus is present. He is, he is the I am. And it is through his presence that we have peace and we have security. We have hope. Not someday. No, we have it now. Yes, Jesus takes the sting of death now. Because he is present in the midst of our life experience. But probably the most significant thing that day is that of all the people that are standing there around that tomb, only Jesus has the power to overcome death. Jesus can do the impossible. And actually, my point today is not that Jesus, the impossible is Jesus bringing Lazarus back from the dead. No, we, we would say, well, no, death, no, that's, 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 that's the top of the list. And from the earthly side, that is true, but it's not true from the heavenly side. You know, we'd like to say, well, you know what, if Jesus can raise the dead, then he can do anything. And that's true. But the greatest miracle was not Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Because when you begin to study in verse chapter 11 what Jesus means by death, there is something far more significant. And we don't really have time to show it all. But there is a distinction between physical death and spiritual death. We see this actually in Genesis 2.17 when he says, In the day that you eat of that fruit, you will surely die. And days later, he and Eve ate. And we go, wait a second, they didn't die. Yes, they did. They spiritually died on the inside. And you know what happens? Because in our human experience, we look at physical death as, as the end all. That's not really it. There is great significance to physical death because physical death finalizes our eternity. So physical death, yes, is very significant because it finalizes our eternity. Adam and Eve spiritually died that day and because they spiritually died someday and it was hundreds of years later that they physically died Jesus draws this distinction in Matthew 10:28 when he says and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both both soul and body 
in hell, there is a physical death and there is a spiritual death. When I said that Jesus can do the most impossible, the most impossible is not bringing back somebody from physical death. The most impossible is giving life to someone who is spiritually dead because it affects their eternity. Think about it. What happened with Lazarus? Well, he was physically raised from the dead. What happened some point after that in Lazarus' life? Well, let's look around earth. He's not still here, okay? Lazarus physically died. At some point, he died again. Maybe the brother's going, what, again? I have to go through this? Anyhow, no, that's just me. There is a distinction between physical death and spiritual death. And the greatest miracle is not bringing back somebody from physical death. It is giving life to someone who is spiritually dead. And all of us, because of our sin, we're spiritually dead. And when Physical death finalized that. Our eternity was set to be separated from God, which is spiritual death. The physical resurrection of Lazarus was visible, but the spiritual resurrection is invisible. And here's the point of the story that I believe is the reason it's not really just about Lazarus primarily. The visible miracle of physical resurrection in Lazarus that day reveals the invisible miracle of spiritual resurrection. It's something we cannot see. But Jesus said, I'm going to raise a man from the dead so that you know that someday when you die also, I will give you new life because I can do what you perceive as is the impossible but there is actually something that is more impossible, and that is bringing back the spiritually dead to new life. So Jesus, in the story, overcomes death. But not just the physical, but the spiritual. It is the most impossible. And in fact, this miracle foreshadows Jesus' own death and resurrection which was even greater than Lazarus. <laughs> I don't know. My mind goes places. I, I don't know. It's like, it's one thing to raise Lazarus from the dead. It's another thing when you're dead to raise yourself from the dead. I don't know. That's just me. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that's in days after this. No, Jesus does. But here it is. What was the challenge for all the people that stood around? If you will believe. What did verse 25 say? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. The greatest miracle of all. The miracle that all of us who get to the other side and get to give our testimony was that Jesus took me when I was spiritually dead and he gave me life that day in the now, right now. Do you understand that everlasting life does not begin when you physically die? It began the day you got saved. 
and you may physically die, but no, that spiritual life is eternal. It's, it's got to be the greatest miracle because physical, Lazarus died again. It's like it didn't take. You know what the story is about? The story is about the people who stood around that Jesus said, if you will believe, you will receive spiritual life that even though you were to die, you will live for eternity if you will only believe. I will give you life. Jesus overcomes death. It's not really about physical death. No, it's about spiritual death. And then he gives us life. And so as Lazarus raising from the dead foreshadows Jesus' own experience that Jesus dies on the cross, is raised from the dead. And the gospel says if you will believe, he will take your spiritually dead soul and make it alive for all of eternity. And everyone who makes it to the other side will give testimony that God did, Jesus did the most impossible thing of all in my life. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Why don't you stand? I have a, just a couple things to say at the end. And so if you'll just stay with us for just a moment. Father, today we thank you for your power to do the most impossible thing of, of all. And that, Father, you have given us an opportunity to all be overcomers by what Jesus did by his death on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. And so, Father, I pray that we would live in that hope and joy and security today. And we look forward to the day that we'll, we'll know it in its fullness. And so today, Father, we choose to believe in the one who can do the most impossible in Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Hey, before we're dismissed today, just a couple of announcements. Um, uh, there's a job fair opportunity. Delana works for Express. Is it services? Express Employment. It's on Timberland. They will have a job fair this Wednesday from 9 to 4. Uh, but we want to get that out as much as we can for people that are looking for employment. Um, I don't really have any other announcements. I know in our church, uh, we've gotten word this week that Brother George Dotson uh, passed away. He was a pastor from 1954 to 1961 uh, at Huntington First Baptist Church. And so we want to pray for his family. I think he was, Brother George was, lived in Nacogdoches and was 92 years of age, but a, a great man of God. And so uh, y'all pray for the family. Uh, y'all continue to pray for us as a church and uh, for one another, and thank you for being here today. You're